Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Good morning again. I just wanted to tell you what a wonderful man is about to preach. Uh, last week we had to bump him because we had to do Ash Wednesday. Uh, to get that in on the first Sunday of Lent, and he had prepared a marvelous sermon for the first Sunday of Lent. And as you know, with Skip, if any if any wildcatter here had the record he does of striking oil when he drills, uh, they would be a wealthy person. Uh, but he he his sermons are just marvelous, and uh, it is a marvelous sermon that we were about to hear for last Sunday. So we moved last Sunday to this Sunday. And uh, we're going to skip Lent 2, actually the readings for Lent 2, and we'll jump into Lent 3 next week. But I just want to thank you for being so gracious and, and so understanding in situations like this, because it is such a blessing to have you be a part of the people who preach here. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Be seated, please. Um, well, welcome to Lent 2021. Um, this has <clears throat> been an interesting year, really, if you go back to almost a year ago right now. Um, it seems like we've been in Lent for a whole year, doesn't it? I mean, you think about God has given us many opportunities in these last 12 months to remember that we're just dust and that we need a Savior. Right. So so the times have done that for us in a lot of ways. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, think back through the things that have happened. So, of course, we had about this time the outbreak of COVID-19. Um, we have to go out in a mask every day. We've had uh, lockdowns. Um, where we couldn't come to church for a long period of time. We had Zoom. Right. Zoom is sort of like a curse of Lent, I think, in a way. Right. But but a blessing at the same time. Right. So it's kind of both. Uh, oil prices went down. We had political upheaval. And then just in the last week or so, we had like the great winter blizzard, you know, that uh, Texas really wasn't designed to to deal with. And uh, but by the grace of God, he's seen us through those things and uh, and he's given us lots of opportunities to depend less on us and depend more on him. Maybe that's what James meant when he said, count it pure joy when you experience various trials. Maybe that's what he meant, because otherwise that doesn't make sense at all, does it? Uh, so consider it pure joy that in the trials we get drawn closer to our Lord. So we're thankful for that. And believe it or not, that's really not the sermon for today. But this is. So today's sermon is uh, based on the gospel lesson in Mark chapter 1, Jesus' baptism and temptation. Mark's gospel is the no frills gospel. It's the uh, just the facts gospel. That's how he does it. You know, if you think about Matthew and Luke in the first part of their gospels, you get these wonderful birth narrative stories, right? You get, you get the stories about angel visitations and mangers and shepherds and wise men. It's like all the Christmas pageant story. But 
Mark, being the no frills, he just kind of assumes that you could figure out Jesus was born. Right? And he, and he skips over that. And uh, he goes, he, he begins his gospel with Jesus being about 30 years old and, um, and beginning his public ministry. His story begins with Jesus' baptism by John. So you have the baptism, Holy Spirit descending as a dove on Jesus, and the voice of God announcing God's pleasure with his beloved son. And then immediately, Mark's favorite word, immediately, Jesus is tempted by the devil in the wilderness for 40 days. Jesus went from the mountaintop of his baptism right into the valley of temptation. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he resists and overcomes the temptation. And in his baptism and also in his temptation, I believe Jesus shows us the way to resist and overcome temptation in our own lives. You see, first of all, in your baptism, God made you his child. God made you his child. Now, that's the kind of thing you can ponder on forever and be thankful for. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked as God's own forever. Um, the same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus in his baptism is living in you today. How do you think about that? It's one of those things... It's one of those things that we can say because we've said it so many times that it kind of loses some of its power sometimes just because it's so familiar. But let me say it again. The same Holy Spirit that was with Jesus at his baptism is living in you today of all things, right? Of all things. You know, we have everything that we need in the Holy Spirit in us to overcome temptation. I like what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, verse 3. It's one of my favorite verses. Uh, Thanks be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. How many blessings? Every spiritual blessing. He didn't leave anything out. We have all the Holy Spirit there is. So... Why do we struggle so much, right? Why do we struggle so much with sin and temptation? I mean, I struggle. I'm just assuming you do. I mean, you know, if you knew me like I know me, you probably wouldn't be out there listening to me today. (laughs) But then again, if I knew you like you know you, I might not want to talk to you. The reason for the struggle is that while we have all of the Holy Spirit there is in us, the Holy Spirit doesn't always have all of us. In Christ, we're born again and have a new nature, and yet our own sinful nature is still alive in us. And this is the rub. There's a daily battle going on inside each one of us, a battle over who's going to be on the throne of our heart each day, daily. Who's going to be Lord of my life? Is it going to be Jesus or is it going to be me? And if I yield the throne to Jesus, then I have the power to overcome temptation and sin. 
But if I take control and push Jesus off the throne, then every time I'll give in to temptation and sin. I have no power apart from him. Um, This daily battle for control of our hearts has been going on since the very first sin when the devil said to Eve, did God really say you shouldn't eat of that fruit? You know, I can't imagine, even though every generation probably says this, you know, like every generation thinks that their music is better than the one that came before. Every generation probably says this too, but I can't imagine that the battle with sin has ever been more intense than it is than it is today. These days, our senses are constantly bombarded by images that tempt us to turn from serving God to just serving our own sinful nature. You know, we have it in social media. We have it in um, TV images. And then we have it, we have it, right in the palm of our hands all the time. We have access to it. And so, have you ever noticed how no matter where you go these days, people's eyes are where? Right here. Right there. On social media and the internet. And the internet is another example. Um, Wherever, whatever particular problem area of sin might be in your own life, you'll find easy access to it on the internet, won't you? It's just right there. Um, In relative anonymity, although not really, if you think about it, uh, have you ever noticed how if you're interested in a certain topic and you do a Google search, then all of a sudden you start seeing ads on your phone about that very thing that you just did the search on? Have you seen that? Yeah, it's the truth. You're not really ever anonymous on the internet. And uh, the ads appeal to our very base sinful nature, if you think about it. These things are called the seven deadly sins. They're listed as pride, greed, anger, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth. Um, The internet can be used for great good. Great good can come out of it. But it can also be an endless pit that we spend endless hours on, turning our hearts and our minds away from God and turning our minds to just serving our own sinful selves. Sin is so much like disease, it's progressive and it's terminal. The more we're in it, the more it takes control. And the more it takes control, the more it begins to wreck our lives. That's how sin is. The bad news is that the battle inside of us will continue every day until we die. I wish that were different, but that's the way it is. But we don't just have bad news. We have the good news also. The good news is this. Just as God provided daily manna to his people in the wilderness, he provides daily grace and power to his people today so we can overcome temptation and sin. Daily grace and power is available to all God's people who will turn to him for it. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul wrote this. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. 
God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's a great uh, definition of the grace of God too, isn't it? Um, you know, I'm out seeing hospice patients all the time and I hear this verse misquoted all the time. This, this verse, what a lot of people think it says is that God will not put on you more than you can handle. But that's not what it says really. Because sometimes life will put more on you than you can handle. We know Jesus' promise is not that life's going to be easy. It's that it's going to be hard. It's going to have, temp it's going to have trials in it. In this world, you will have trials, he said. You know, but what the verse says, it's not about that. It's about temptation. He says, when a temptation comes, God will give you a way of escape. It's like a window, right? There's a window in every temptation that you can turn to. And that window or door is Jesus. Turn to him and he'll help you overcome the temptation. So today, if you want a way out or a way out or an escape from the battle with temptation and sin in your own life, God has a way for you. First, remember who you are. Remember that you're baptized. You're baptized. Martin Luther used to say, he said that whenever the devil got after him in temptation, he would speak to the devil and remind the devil who he was. He said, get away from me, devil. I am baptized. I'm a child of the living God and you have no power over me. Wow. <laughs> you know, what if we spoke to temptation that way? Um, you are baptized. You are children of the living God. You have everything in you today through his power to resist temptation and sin. And then ask Jesus to fill you up with the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, I said earlier, we have all the spirit there is, but we don't all, the spirit doesn't always have all of us. And so it's a daily turning to him to allow the Holy Spirit to give us the power to overcome and resist temptation. So each day, he calls us to turn to him for that power. Fill me up, Jesus, today, and give me the power to deal with temptation and, uh, and to overcome it. And then tomorrow, do it again. And then the next day, do it again. And then the next day, do it again. Just like the children of, of Israel picking up the manna, the daily manna provision. Uh, God calls us to turn for him daily for that power. Um, it is a daily, daily battle, but you're never alone in the battle. By the gift of his son living in you, today you have everything you need in you to overcome temptation and sin. So will you ask God today for the grace and the faith to yield the throne of your heart to him and give you the power to overcome temptation or that sin that has got you captive. You are his beloved child. Remember, you are baptized. You belong to God. God is in you and he'll give you that power 
The same power that helped Jesus overcome sin and temptation is living in you. He has promised to give you power and a way of escape. That's his promise. And he always keeps his promise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.